0: Mark, I feel like going a little bit dark on you this week. Um, Do you know what Stephen Hawking's last words were? Is he dead now? He's dead, yeah. Do you know what his last words were?
1: His computer words or his actual words? (laughs) Oh, you're going straight to hell, man.
0: I am. And, oh, before I forget... I'll kill you if this is a joke. You want to die tonight? The You Run Podcast. The You Run Podcast. The You Run Podcast. The You Run Podcast. Why isn't it possible? I can't say nothing. A candy man get me. You choose the movies.
1: I had a heart on this morning when I woke up, Tina.
0: Had your name written all over it.
1: You score them.
0: Nice fucking model!
1: Uh, you review them.
0: But that you get the head. Hale whole damn thing. Why not, you stupid bastard? My name is very fucking confused. What's your name? Captain Howdy. Don't wanna go fooling around other folks' property.
1: My goddamn soul. Where's it beer? Because after all, this is not our show. This is your show.
0: I love I the fact I got over that, on much. I
1: love that intro music.
0: I, I love the fact that you and me are sat here just rocking our heads left and right while listening to. <laughs> it. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Euro Podcast. My name is Scott. Uh, my name is Mark, and we are the original horror movie review show, run and controlled by you, the listeners. Each week, you pick the movies, you review them, you tear them to pieces, you score them. The show is packed with interactive features you can get involved in by following us any one of our social medias. That's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Trends, Slasher, YouTube. We're at You Run Podcast on all of them. Uh, Mark is still without a stalker, so you can follow him at uh, at MW underscore horror underscore reviews on Instagram, or you can do the same on TikTok, or you can follow him at MW underscore horror underscore VHS on tiktok too um you can also get in touch with the show by sending us an email or leaving us a voicemail emails go to you run podcast at gmail.com and voicemails 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 Voicemails? what's one of those (laughs) i don't know voicemails go to wherever (laughs) any social media that allow you to leave an audio note dm Um, i 100 percent know that instagram and twitter both do this it's not twitter now it's X x X. i'll give it to you (laughs) Go on, bring it to you. <laughs> um, or you can record us a TikTok with no background music and we can play that on the air as well. All you need to do is make sure you tag us. Uh, we're going to dive this week, just to change it up because I I kind of like that. Also, I wrote these notes on a plane on the way home from holiday, so... <laughs> It may not be as coherent as normal. Uh, We're going to dive straight into news. So I'll let you kick news off this week. What have you got for us? Um, So, this week, for my first
1: tidbit of news, we have the announcement that Maggie Gyllenhaal is reportedly in talks to remake The Bride of Frankenstein for Netflix. Now, she's not necessarily going to star. The stars are supposed to be... Penelope Cruz as The Bride, Christian Bale as Frankenstein, and Peter Skarsgård is amongst the cast somewhere. He's not really necessarily been announced yet, but Maggie Gyllenhaal is supposed to be directing this, not necessarily starring in it. I didn't even know she was a director, to be honest with you. I haven't no. seen anything she's done.
0: I didn't. I'm. I'm currently. saying so if you watch us on YouTube, we've got a new show that's that's just started, which is Voices with the U Run Podcast, which is Angel and me, and we're diving into movies we've not seen before. So for Angel's week, she's doing movies that she's not seen, and for me, it's all Universal Monsters. And we, I've just watched Frankenstein, the original. Oh, cool! Having never seen it before, it's a masterpiece.
1: The thing is as well, man, like we've spoke about this in the past and I've always said to you, I have never seen any of those. And it was only up until we got Creature of the Black Lagoon, probably about four months ago now, maybe five months ago.
0: That Go was back eight, to 18 it. months ago.
1: Fuck off. It was 18 months ago. It was, honestly. No way. <laughs> oh, no That just shows my concept of time. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so that was 18 months ago, not five. <laughs>
0: yeah, so go, go back and find that after you scrolled for 10 minutes.
1: Wow, man, 18 months ago. That's insane. Um But anyway, yeah, and we watched that, and I was like, oh, man, I'm really not looking forward to this episode. It's like freaking from the 14. It's going to be shit. That film was phenomenal.
0: Yeah. And I kick myself because
1: I've not gone back and watched any other one since.
0: No, I haven't, which is kind of when we decided we would do movies we hadn't seen. The first thing I said was like, you are the Universal Monsters Queen. You know what order to watch them. you know what I should watch, what I shouldn't. Give me Universal Monsters to watch. And Bride of Frankenstein's on the list for later in the year. If it's half as good as Frankenstein, it's still a nine out of ten.
1: Yeah, I need to maybe follow that channel and, and catch up on that so that's on youtube is it
0: that's on youtube yeah everyone needs to go and do that it's that you run podcast on youtube yeah, um, I definitely yeah will. I'll,
1: and I'll maybe follow your journey then and watch what you watch so we can compare
0: yeah d- definitely do um my feast for feast what's going on tonight man are you okay <laughs> i don't know it's all food based as well <laughs> we've got voice are meals you hungry <laughs> voice meals and now feast um my first bit of news is the Pope's Exorcist now has a confirmed sequel. Have you seen The Pope's Exorcist yet?
1: No. And I need to as well, because we spoke about the trailer, and I was like, this looks awesome. I really like the idea of this. And for someone who's not a big, like, exorcism film fan, the, the trailer blew me away. But I, I don't know. I just, uh, again, uh, it's just come and gone and not really.
0: I really enjoyed it. I Russell Crowe, Russell Crowe's take on an exorcist, he's kind of like there's a bit early in the film where he gets dragged in in front of all the cardinals and they're like you went and done this and you basically told this bloke that you'd taken his possession away he's like yeah some people need mental health help um but by me telling him that i'd cast out the demon was kind of all he needed so that's cool I, i pretended to do that i sacrificed a goat in his living room he now believes he's not possessed I've solved his mental health crisis. And they're like, this is not good enough. You will answer the question. He's like, look, I am the chief exorcist. I work for the Pope. So if you've got a fucking problem with that, I suggest you speak directly to his holiness. I'm now going and just walks out. And that's kind of how he is all the way. He's very much like, I don't work for you. I don't give a fuck what you say. And like when like he gets to like the bit where there's someone possessed and the, the local priest's like, do you not need to run this past the Vatican? He's very much like, I am the Vatican.
1: That's awesome. So he's literally the Goodfellas, but in exorcism form.
0: (laughs) Exactly that. And I'm excited for a sequel, especially if he's back.
1: Yeah, like I said, I haven't seen it, so I don't know how it ends in regards to whether he's returning or not. All right, okay. Well, on your recommendation, I'll go and watch first one i mean i would i would have got round to it at some point it's just not really been on my radar of things to watch at the minute i
0: I enjoyed it there's bits of it where i kind of eye rolled a little bit but on the whole it's it's a good movie it's russell crowe he's incapable of churning out shit
1: yeah well that kind of ties me nicely into my next little bit of news really which isn't necessarily news but more of a query and a question that I wanted to put forward to you. You talk about the sequel coming out, but due to the writer strikes we've currently got going on in America, um, that might be a long way off. So we could be in a mass shortage of movies in the next sort of year or so due to these writer strikes, because nobody's working and all TV shows and, planned movies that were said to come out in 2003 to uh, 2023 2024 have been pushed back so we're not probably going to get anything substantial in the next couple of years which is why the recent A24 film Talk to Me is doing so well at the moment but that was an Australian based film which is not really been affected by these writer strikes one thing that keeps coming up in the news at the moment that I'm curious to understand is a lot of these high-profile actors and celebrities are donating millions and millions of pounds to this actor-strike charity. Yeah. Now, these people make millions and millions of pounds anyway... I can't imagine how this it's, strike it's, is affecting it, them. So I'm curious to understand where this money's going and who it's. It's going person. to
0: it's going to the actors who are part of the strike but are not necessarily big actors. It's also going to like writers and crew members who are also striking. It's going to the likes of you and me who've been in Hollywood six months and we're trying to make our break in and now everyone's striking so we're striking with them because we're part of the union. And we now can't feed our family. So it's the money's going to those people. So the likes ah, of right. like... Okay.
1: That makes more sense. Because to me, it was just coming across more of a, of a uh, like, uh, hey, look at me. I'm giving all this money away.
0: No, nice so, I am. no, so like the likes of, I don't know, for example, Sigourney Weaver, who's part of the strike. She is not taking money out of that charity, but the people who've just got into the industry are. I think The Rock made the largest single... Charitable donation in history to that.
1: Yeah, well, I just know, the <clears throat> the one article that caught my attention was George Clooney and Meryl Streep both donated a million pounds each Towards a cause. I don't know how much the Rock donated, but I'm assuming uh, uh, if it's more uh,
0: un- undisclosed eight figure sum. Okay,
1: what's eight figure?
0: Uh, six. Uh, s- that's tr- is that hundred. That's hundred million plus. Fuck off. He, he is, does not
1: make that many movies in the jungle to be donating that amount of money.
0: He's the highest paid actor in the world by a country fucking mile. Is he really? Yeah, he's the highest paid actor on the planet.
1: Fucking you know, hell, can you smell what the rock is cooking? Jesus Christ, you I, honestly.
0: I, I watched a thing a little while ago with the boys because the boys still watch um, wrestling. There was a documentary about like wrestlers coming back for like one night appearances and stuff like that. His fee for a one-night appearance, so he just rocks up, jumps in the ring, hits a couple of his signature lines, maybe gives someone a rock bottom and fucks off home, is $20 million. Yeah,
1: because wasn't the last one he did with, like, Ronda Rousey or something like that? Yeah. I think I saw that one on YouTube or something. I don't watch wrestling. I'm
0: an adult. $20 million for just rocking up for a couple of hours and fucking off again.
1: Wow, that's insane, because the thing is as well, he annoys the shit out of me. <laughs> I don't even rate him that much. He, he's not <laughs> he's a great... He's no animal. Arnold Schwarzenegger, do you know what I mean? Like, he's not... He's no is, Arnold.
0: But he's very charismatic, and people like the fact he's charismatic. He he can be very serious and do very serious things and then instantly switch to, like, joking and laughing, and, like, he, he makes hundreds of millions of dollars off his clothing line, he still gets a cut of all his merchandise from all the wrestling shit that he, God knows how many hundreds of million dollars worth of, The Rock T-shirts, the WWE sell a year that wow. he still gets a cut of.
1: That's insane, man. That's insane. I mean, like I say, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not pinpointing anybody in particular or, or assassinating them for their decisions in what they're doing throughout this strike, and I support it. I'm a big movie lover and a big fan of of what these artists produce yeah it's just more a case of I, it, it was coming across to me from one of the articles that i was reading it was like oh well i've donated this and oh i've donated that and my mindset was like well, where's this actually going and who is actually benefiting from your bragging rights on the internet
0: yeah it's going to poor people like you and me thankfully um, <laughs> my, my second bit of news is we are going to be getting a megan 2.0 trailer and it's going to be dropping this October. Ooh. So, I ma- don't care. Me- Megan was great. The uncut version of Megan. Awesome. Is that available now? Can I watch yes, that? Because I, yes, I didn't
1: can. care for the thingy, but if there's an uncut R-rated version, I'd quite happily watch yeah, that.
0: It is, it's R-rated. I, I, re- I genuinely... like. I watched the first version. We reviewed it on YouTube. And me and Elise tore it to pieces. I watched the R-rated version. And they've not changed a lot, but they've changed just enough. I went, actually, that was a lot of fun. It's not a great movie, but it's a lot of fun. It's lots of like, you know how Chucky has like his little one-liners? Yeah. Well, Megan has very similar one-liners, but they're very much like boss bitch (laughs) one-liners. Okay.
1: There's a Beyonce doll.
0: (laughs) It is very much so. It's very, very much like... And that's how you empower women, bitch. It's kind of, it's really, <laughs> I, I, lots of it made me laugh. And she's creepy as fuck. Um, yeah, I enjoyed uh, it. I,
1: I mean, I'll i probably watch the R-rated version if it comes in my path, but I'm not going to seek it out, I'll be honest. It well, is just a child's play
0: ripoff. From the rumours I've opinion. heard, 2.0 is going to be a full-on R-rated. They're not even going to fuck around with the PG-13 this time. It's just going straight to R-rated.
1: Oh, cool. They should have done that the first time around. I would probably give it a bit more attention.
0: Yeah, I I agree.
1: Studio interference and all the rest of it.
0: Yeah. This is kind of what happens in it. Need to get young bums in seats because young bums spend parents' money.
1: Exactly. But before we scoot other news completely, you have a bit of news you would like to share yourself about your own movie. Would you not?
0: No, I don't. Because I have signed an NDA, which means I'm not allowed to share any information about what's going on with my movie. Only the fact that it is not going to be released as (laughs) scheduled.
1: That was kind of what I was trying to hint at really more than
0: anything.
1: <laughs> Let's yeah. let everybody know what's currently happening because obviously you have had some speed bumps or not necessarily speed bumps, but some kind of positive outlook towards what's going on with
0: your Yeah, but potentially positive outlook. I have a... I need to be very careful how I word what I'm about to say. I have had a service approach me who may be interested in taking my movie on Because of that I've had to stop release. Um I've had to sign a an NDA, so I can't tell you who I'm talking to or what we're talking about. But there is a potential, it's still small potential, but there is a potential that my movie may make its way to a mainstream streaming service at some point.
1: Yes. So for those of you who have missed Scott's stories on Instagram and wondering what the hell is going on with his movie that is what is currently going on we yes. may be rolling indoors yeah. just so you know you're taking me with you right
0: a hundred and uh, not being funny if if someone takes it on and all of a sudden it becomes a hit i will need a producer for the sequel
1: that's all right that's all right just as long as you know you don't leave the little man behind
0: no i definitely don't i'd still be doing this from set the podcast from set <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mr Mr Hollywood hotshot. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well there there is a writer's strike going at the moment so they're desperate for movies.
1: That uh, is all right the rock's shelling out words you'll be fine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, today I'm excited to be reviewing one of my favorite found footage movies. We're heading to the sweet streets of beautiful Paris for wine, cheese, baguettes, garlic string necklaces, frog legs, snails, striped shirts, berets. Have I stereotyped enough?
1: I think you're doing quite well. I, I think I done. Mustaches. Right. Mustaches,
0: <laughs> you want to throw a line there? Dodgy mustaches. Wee wee. Oh, that's a new one. We've got it's a Me, it's a Mario. And now we have wee wee. Oui. So we are now racist <laughs> in two different countries. Congratulations, us. Um, don't take me down with you, man. This is all you. Hold on. Two seconds ago, you were going, fucking take me with you. Now you don't want to come. I can pick and choose when I need to you can't it's a one way trip you're either <laughs> oh, okay. on the train or you're not <laughs> how, how, how secure is this deal? <laughs> it's not at the moment <laughs> anyway um, beware because as above so below my name is Scarlett Marlowe, and I'm a student in urban archaeology 370 feet beneath this point is a hidden chamber that might contain a critical missing piece of our history
1: how are we supposed to get down there?
0: catacombs.
1: There are 200 miles of tunnels right underneath our
0: feet. They're holding the remains of 6 million corpses. Stop. This is the empire of the dead.
1: These are human bones. We go through here.
0: Let's do it. Keep
1: it slow and steady, Yeah. I think I'm stuck. Just breathe with ah. me, please. Ah.
0: It's okay. What was that?
1: Oh. Is everyone okay. I think I am. Um... What the hell do we do now, huh? We can't go back. We should just keep moving. Tell me we didn't just go in a circle. It's exactly the same. No, everything's upside down. What happened to the entrance? Wait, there's something here. Oh. Oh my god.
0: What the hell is this?
1: When I was a kid, we had a piano that looked exactly like this. I used to play it all the time. The A4 key was messed up. What's going on? Can you read that? According to mythology, that's the inscription over the gates of hell.
0: And they should be made to crawl on their bellies and enter the kingdom of darkness. Did you hear that? The listeners score the movies, as you all know. Um, we also get scores from IMDb and Letterboxd as well to balance it out. Uh, the listeners scored this an 8 out of 10. Uh, IMDb, 6.2 out of 10. They obviously watched a different movie to me. And mm, I me. Mean. Um, Letterboxd, 3.1 out of 5. Again, not the same movie I watched. <laughs> low, re- like brutally low. Like when I looked at the IMDb score, I was like, what the fuck? I, I had a look through some of the reviews on IMDb. I was going to do a one-star review for a great movie, but honestly, they fucking riled me up so much, I couldn't even read them on the air. They just irritated me so bad.
1: Yeah, yeah, this, yeah, I'll save
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll save it. A um, little bit of synopsis. Uh, a group of urban explorers take a trip to the Paris catacombs. That's kind of all you need. Um, going into the catacombs in Paris, that's terrifying enough. Um, movie starts off in Syria. Did not see that coming.
1: No. And uh, to be honest with you, going into this, I've never seen this film before. This was my first time watch. I had no idea. Obviously, I've seen like DVD covers of the thing. And I know that it's revolves around Paris at some point or another. I didn't know it took place in the catacombs. I just knew it was a found footage film that took place in France. Yeah. That was my only knowledge going in. So when we first set up and we arrived in Syria, I was like, "Eh, okay, where is is this going? And not only that, I was expecting like full-on found footage. So when we get this introduction where it's like a documentary-style film, I was like, oh, that's interesting, right? Okay, let's see where this goes.
0: Did it remind you of Wreck?
1: Kind of, mm. but wrecks of masterpieces, isn't it?
0: <laughs> let's not go there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I like the opening. The main character, the the girl, I don't know what the name of the actress. She is phenomenal and could not sound any more like Lara Croft if she tried.
1: This is an
0: R-rated Lara Croft movie. Let's be honest. It is. It's it's the R-rated Tomb Raider, and it's fucking great.
1: If this was a video game, I would play it on repeat.
0: It would be so cool. How has
1: nobody done this yet? How has nobody had this as a Lara Croft installment in the video games?
0: No idea. Because it starts off in Syria and she's she's, she's basically she's going across the border and she's worried that she might get captured, but she's going to look for an artifact. It's very Tomb Raider opening sequence-esque.
1: But not even that, it is literally the plot. Of Tomb Raider, her dad, his her dad's we find out that her dad has died and that she, he was working on this project and in search of the I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you right now, when this was mentioned, I was like, Fucking Harry Potter. She's huh? in search of the Philosopher's Stone and I yes. I did do a massive eye roll when they first said it. I don't know whether this came out before, before. JK Rowling's books. This was I, before
0: I don't know if it's before the books, definitely before the movies.
1: Yeah, so I was like, oh, fucking hell, the Philosopher's Stone, here we go. How cliche. Um, And I didn't even realize the Philosopher's Stone was actually a thing. I just thought that was a Harry Potter property. I didn't know it was actually an actual thing. Um, And then we dive into this backstory where her dad was in search of this artifact and this relic. And I was like, this is Lara Croft. This is Tomb Raider. That is the basis of the game. Her dad is a millionaire tycoon from like digging up basically lara croft's dad is indiana jones and lara croft is indiana Jones's daughter yeah. and that is tomb raider and that is basically the setup of this film yeah exactly she's that. trying she... to continue her father's work
0: yeah and she gets to the little house and the guy takes her down into the um into the tunnels under syria that the syrian government are about to explode yeah and she goes wandering through and then He freaks out and he's got to leave. He's like, I can't stay. They're going to they're going to bomb us all. And she's like, oh, we've still got like it's very too much. We've still got like 18 seconds. It's fine. And then she goes in this side room and she finds this massive bull with loads of inscriptions all over it. Sure yeah, well, they... she
1: finds the artifacts on the wall first and she starts, like, hammering them and she's like, the guy's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? He's like, no, it doesn't matter. They're going to bomb it all in a minute anyway. And then the wall caves down and behind the wall is, like, this ancient bull thing that no one's seen in since, like... I don't know, fucking 4-O-D or something stupid like that. It's like the first time anyone's uncovered it in like thousands of years. And it's got all this inscription written and engraved in the side of it, which she films, which was really clever. I was like, oh, of course, it's going to get bombed. So instead of taking the time to sit and read it, she gets her cameraman who goes by the name of Barney, is it? Yeah. I think it's Barney. Barney. And she gets him to basically just 360 film this entire thing so she can take the footage back and then read it later on. I was like, oh, well, that's clever because, like, normally in these situations you would make them take the time to, like, oh, you've got 18 seconds to read it and decipher it. She's like, no, just film it and I'll study it later.
0: Yeah, and she does. She films it all down and she gets out as they blow up the the tunnels. Um, then jumps her going to see her friend. Well, before, before
1: she does actually leave, she sees a vision of... Yes, she
0: sees a vision of her dad hanging.
1: Well, we don't know it's her dad, we just think that... Because at first, I thought that was her tour guide who had took her down into the tombs. Yeah. And he was, like, hanging there. I was like, oh, shit, he's died. And it wasn't until they resurfaced that I realised that it wasn't him. So I was like, oh, who the fuck have we just seen yeah. hanging in there? Because no, it doesn't insinuate that it's a vision or anything like that. You think it's genuine. You're like, oh, why have they just hung this guy yeah. randomly in this corridor in these tombs? And um, So that was quite confusing and jarring up until the final act when i finally yeah. put it together but i was like oh that, that's weird
0: yeah and sorry spoilers yeah we i was to.
1: gonna say you jumped the gun a bit there
0: yeah i i, I did i i really, I really uh, uh, yeah we, uh, we, we give spoilers on this show in case you weren't aware <laughs> you can Too fucking, fucking out the
1: title and be like i've never seen this don't fucking listen to it then if y'all
0: haven't seen it that's my main <laughs> problem don't listen to the damn episode yet. Apologies. We give spoilers on this. Uh, Yeah, so she sees a guy hanging. Uh, It is her dad. We find out later, much later. In about an hour and 20 minutes of the movie, we find that Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, uh, she gets out and she heads off to to Paris and she's gone there to find her friend. Who's? uh, Did you ever watch a series called Superstore? No, but I recognise the actor who plays this guy. He's the guy from Superstore. Right.
1: Never seen
0: Superstar. Yeah, it it was bugging me for ages and I had to Google it. I was like, oh, it's the guy from Superstar. I watched like nine seasons of that show. And I couldn't. Is that st- a
1: show on Netflix about like a supermarket?
0: It honestly, it's so funny. Right. I've Genuinely... seen it pop up on
1: like recommended watches like when I finish like an entire twelve seasons of The Office, it comes you... up as like, ooh, watch this next.
0: You like the Big Bang, don't you? Yeah. Okay, it's the Big Bang Theory, slightly less nerdy in a supermarket
1: Oh right, yeah I, I'll check it I'll check it, it
0: out Watch, watch. I'd say probably watch the first three episodes and if you're anything like me you'll be like this shit is hilarious and I have to keep watching it
1: See, the thing is with me as well it's like I like to have something like that <coughs> excuse me I like to have something like that so like I'll tackle a series and I'll have like maybe the Big Bang Theory or I'll do like The Office or then I'll do Brooklyn Nine-Nine And then I'll maybe go back and do Friends. But like, I like to have a series ongoing. So, like, I don't necessarily always have the time to sit down and watch a film, but like, I have a series that I'll be like, while I'm cooking, I'll just put it on in the background. I'm not necessarily paying attention because I've probably watched it four times over already by this point, but I like to have that thing going. So, I've just watched Hannibal for like the sixth time, I think. So, I've just finished Hannibal. And this girl loves horror. I think she was, we was watching it and seeing pretty much all the way through. By the time I'd got to like the fourth season, she kind of peaked with me as well. And she was on the same episode. And um, so I just finished Hannibal. So I'm like looking for something new. I was going to do Parks and Rec. I think Heather recommended Parks and Rec.
0: Yeah, I've not, I've not seen that. I can't. Have you done Shit's Creek yet? Yes. Uh,
1: I've done like three times through that now. That is amazing. I love that show.
0: Very, very good. I, uh... It was one that, again, I dipped in and out of.
1: Yeah, the first season took me a while to get going. And then once I got attached to the characters and stuff, that was it, I was done. That was it. And I've done that like four times already. And I only watched the first time last year.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Superstore for me was one of those that the characters hooked me pretty quick. There's a couple of characters in there that instantly I I identified with. And a couple of characters I'm like, I know people just like you. And you kind of like you associate certain characters in a series with a certain person in your life. And that just makes it so much more relatable and funny.
1: (laughs) Uh, I'll check it. I'll check it out. I'll give the first couple of episodes a try and see how I get on. Uh,
0: d- do it, and you are in there. There is a character in there who I find relatable to you. See if you can work out who it is. No, I was going
1: to say, don't tell me who it is. I'll see if I can figure out which one you're referring uh, to, and I'll go back to you.
0: I reckon you'll re- you'll get it straight away. you be like you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, she's gone to find her friend, uh, and the reason she's gone to find him is because he can translate Aramaic, and she can't. So she's not quite Lara Croft. Um, he's kind of really reluctant to help her at first
1: yeah because they find him i don't know what location they find him in i don't think they're in paris at this point in time i think they're in italy and he's working on a clock it's like this hasn't chimed in 150 years or something like that and then they he fixes the clock and then they all go outside and they look over the balcony as the clock's about to chime and they just see pedestrians walking by and like his clock hasn't charmed 150 years rah, 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 rah. and he just like basically breaks into abandoned buildings and repairs like artifacts basically and the clock yeah. tower that he was in at the moment was one of them and I was like oh that's really cool Like that, that's awesome is that? I think he's just done that and he doesn't get paid for it he just does it because he cares about maintaining historic buildings and stuff I like, oh that's that's awesome and that kind of ties into what you're trying to do with your objectives and stuff so it worked quite well the dynamic between the two of them i found
0: yeah and i i found his character very likable
1: yeah he was very very likable and very especially more so as the story goes on and you find out because i feel like in this situation he would have been you
0: yeah hundred percent like
1: i'm not doing that i'm not going down there no fuck this i'm not going but i'm curious a little bit just to go just that little step in but not to the point where I'm actually in, but I still get to be involved.
0: A hundred percent. When I'm watching it, I'm going, yeah, that's me. The bit. Yeah. So, like, I tra- want to know
1: what's going on. I want to feel a part of it, but I don't want to commit myself solely to it, to the point where I'm going to die.
0: Yeah, so like they, he, he does translate it and they work out that they need to go into the catacombs, is the long and short of it. And they go and do like a guided tour of the catacombs, which if you go to Paris, you can do, and I have done. It's a very, very interesting and macabre thing to look at. It's very creepy. It but it's been. it's very, very impressive. Um, so they go and do a guided tour. And she's there with the map going, oh, well, we need to kind of go over there. And he's like, well, we can't get over there because that's not part of the tour. And there's a guy sat in the corner who goes, ah, you need to go see my mate. Go to this bar. He'll help you.
1: Yeah, wasn't it wasn't Pee Wee or pee or pop
0: We'll say his name was Pierre. Uh, I mean, can we? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, can we? Can we do that? Yeah, well, I don't know what his name is, and Pierre sounds like a French name, so yeah. So, so she's like, "Oh, okay." So they go to a club and they meet Pierre. Um, Pierre is a dick. He is,
1: but at the same time, I I really warmed to his character the more the story went on. Like, I felt very—I felt like he was probably one of the more relatable characters in this film.
0: Yeah, I mean, when they first get to him, she's like, I want to go into the catacombs. He's on I don't take tourists into the catacombs. She's like, do I look like a fucking tourist? He's like, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, Yeah, that was like a stupid thing for her to say as well. Like, do I look like a tourist? I'm like, you're very beautiful. You look like you don't belong here.
0: And you're you very clearly in a Paris. You are a tourist. <laughs> and it's the fact she kind of looks at her and goes, Yeah exactly like a tourist. (laughs) (laughs) and she's like well I know there are some treasure down in the catacombs he's like there's not trust me I've been down as far as you can go she's like I'm telling you there is and then she's showing him stuff like it's here on the map and and then all of a sudden he's like yeah what's in it for me she's like you can have the treasure all of it I'm not interested in the treasure and as soon as he said that he's like Let's get drinks. This is a great now, idea. I mean, the thing that got me the most
1: was like <laughs> in this conversation, she's like, You can have all of it, you can have everything. And then that guy from the supermarket showed the pipes, he's like, No, 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 you can have 50% of it. Yeah. She's like, No, I'm not interested in the treasure. He's like, No, you can have 50%. He's like, oh, Okay, 50%. Yeah.
0: And what a deal. Yeah. Especially if, like, for this guy who's going down in the catacombs, like, every day or every other day, or like, for him, it's like, yeah, sure, sure, I'll take some tourists down there. If they go, just through that little crack there I've not been through, the shitloads of treasure, what a deal. But The thing is, this
1: guy is so well-versed in his catacombs. He, at this point, I kind of feel like he doesn't believe her entirely.
0: So no, it's not like, at all.
1: Is he taking her down there out of mockery just to sort of prove her wrong when she gets there? Or does he genuinely believe that there might be a place that he hasn't found?
0: I, I think there's kind of an element of both. It's an element of this is win-win for me. Either we go down there, I walk round for a couple of hours and go, silly bitch. Or I go down there, walk around for a couple of hours. She goes through there and I go, shit, I'm now rich. Happy days. Yes. And that was my
1: first thought on it as well. But then we get to the next scene where they start gearing up to go down there. And one thing that I have to criticize massively about this film is that they go towards the catacombs. They're all bagged up with their rope bags and all their gear And they do it in broad daylight. Yeah. (laughs) They literally cross the road. It's like, nobody needs to see us. They can't see us going down here. And they do it in broad daylight. They cross the road. They go down through this little wired chicken mesh fence and get into what would probably be an abandoned train tunnel. And then they find this tiny, tiny little hole in the wall. It's like, oh, this is where we're going to go through. I was like, oh, this is all just casual. Like, anybody can just sort of break in. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you get the first... Uh, jump scare in the entire film where one of the guys, I don't think it's Barney the cameraman, it's, I think it's, it's I can't one remember of, his name. It's a curly haired guy. Yeah,
0: it's one of the guys, the, it's one of Pierre's yeah. friends.
1: It's one of Pierre's friends. He gets wiped out by the Polizia or whatever you call them in French. Um, and he gets wiped out, and all of a sudden, like, this is just mass surge of police trying to wipe him out for like sort of trespassing and being like going into an, ab- an area that they're not allowed to go into. Um, and they break into this little hole one by one and manage to sort of get away. And Pierre's distraction is he chucks like a fucking firecracker yeah. out of the hole where the police were about to break through as if to distract them. And it's like, oh, OK, so this is actually pretty high stakes.
0: They are. The catacombs are incredibly well protected in Paris. I really incredibly need to go. Incredibly well. I mean, the bit of the tour that you can do as a member of the public is very, very limited. There are lots of tunnels and stuff off of it. The amount of signs in every single single language in the world explaining the level of prosecution and the amount of time you will spend in jail if you cross that rope is ridiculous. Really? And you are told constantly, you stick to where you've got to go. You do not stray. If you end up in the catacombs off the path, we will not find you. You will die. Wow. It's it's something stupid like two hundred miles of tunnels under Paris. Let's have a little bit of
1: context right now, then, because I don't quite understand what they actually are.
0: So the, the catacombs were uh, effectively a mass grave, for which millions makes of sense.
1: People. I understand the concept of it, but like, how, talk to me a little bit about the scope and size of it, and how the, this came to be the endless tunnels of it, of what it actually is.
0: It's pretty much the entirety of Paris is over the top of the catacombs. It's ginormous.
1: And when does this date back to when were the bodies first sort of dumped in here? Why were they dumped in here? I mean, do you know this kind of information? I'm just putting you under pressure right
0: now. (laughs) I don't know why. I know they're from, they're like, I think it's like the 1600s ish, I think. Um, I don't know why I'm thinking I have a computer in front of me uh paris paris catacombs uh right so uh, da, 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 da. the catacombs of paris here we go uh they hold the remains of more than six million people uh they're built to consolidate paris's ancient stone quarries they extend yeah pretty much the entire fucking city they're ginormous um, doesn't say why. Oh, they were, But they were genuinely burial grounds.
1: Oh, so they were built
0: for purpose? Yeah, they were built for purpose. They had no room in the city, so they built them for purpose.
1: That's a lot of fucking burial sites. I mean, if you think about it in the scope of England and the amount of cemeteries we have, like we have a, probably a cemetery to every village and every town which holds maybe, I don't know, five, six, seven hundred people per cemetery. Yeah. Paris isn't that big of a place to maintain an underground sort of burial site. I would look at somebody who knows a lot about this and knows a lot about the catacombs. Please get in touch with me and let me know the history behind them because I'm very curious. I know I could probably Google it, but yeah, would well, be look, interested to know somebody who actually knows the information.
0: Looking at this, they started building them in 1774, and they were established and sort of properly open for use from 1810 six what like if
1: you just died you was like oh just yeah just i'm just gonna go take dad to the catacombs
0: but basically a
1: couple of hours
0: that's that's basically the gist of it you were put down in the the 1800s if you died you were put in the catacombs
1: wow that just makes this whole story of this film so much more compelling
0: i'll wait till i get to facts it's even more compelling The, the the facts on this just blew literally blew my mind i was like fuck no way I know quite
1: a few myself, so I'm going to try and refrain from spoiling your facts. Actually yeah,
0: but, please don't. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they get down in the catacombs and they begin their their wander through. And this movie is a prime example of why the walkthroughs don't always work, because a walkthrough for this is like they walk down a tunnel, they have a bit of a chat, they turn left, they walk down another tunnel, they have a bit of a chat for a good 20 minutes now 20 minutes yeah. this movie is them walking and just generally chit-chatting
1: a lot another thing as well is like quite a lot of this is sort of like knee-high in water as well like sort of sewage yeah. systems isn't it it's not sewage but it's yeah it's it's, it's water flooded under yeah, certain st- aspect of
0: it stagnant water and they reach a point where where she's got the map out again and she goes we need to be through there he's like, well, the only way to get through there is to go up through this bit. And they climb up over the bones and go through this little tunnel bit where the cameraman gets stuck and has a bit of a rough Um, time.
1: This was so claustrophobic. Like, I felt for this guy in this moment.
0: Because as well, it's... the way they portray
1: it in this film is very genuine. Like you can, you can feel the panic in this guy's voice and he's like, just fuck off. Just leave me. Just go. Like, I just need a minute. And then and you've got Lara Croft telling back to him. It's like, just breathe, just calm down, try and relax. He's like, just go and get the fuck out of my space so I can deal with the situation I'm in. Yeah. And it's just, it, I, I honestly, and then the thing is as well, this scene goes on for a good five minutes like, it's not a, like a quick sort of breeze past, oh, he's slightly stuck. Like, you feel every moment and every ounce of, of his distress while he's in this situation. It's really, really good. Really, it good. Is,
0: It's really good. And I like the fact that the guy from the Superstore show, he, at this point, he's very much like, this is about as far as I'm going have a little well, yeah, one because
1: he didn't want to be in there in the first place he was just literally walking with them to the t- tunnel entrance yeah. and then the police came and then they he forced had no him to be there
0: yeah and he's down at this point he's like oh, a little walk around we'll have a little like look at this bit and then like you're gonna take me back out and i'm gonna go back to my hotel because that that sounds much better than he is me
1: yeah we also get the introduction of the fact that his little brother died like, drowning yes early on and we also just for context when we get to it later on is while they're first meet Pierre I swear to god if that's not his name I'm really really sorry we meet Pierre and when we get to meet Pierre early on in the van you notice that he's got scars up his arms
0: like yeah on on the back of his hand and
1: yeah so these are all things that play in later on very well I might add
0: yeah there's there's a really good element in this that we'll get to later where they kind of relive stuff, and it's it's really really clever. But we're not we'll get to it. I don't want to. I could dive into it now, and I could go down that rabbit hole, and that would be no, show no, exactly. over. Exactly,
1: and uh, yeah, but that's why I was just sort of touching on it for context later on when we get there. Yeah, it does a good and, job of setting these points up early on.
0: Yeah, it really, oh, genuinely, really does. Um, they get to a point where they need to go through a certain section of the tunnels, and Pierre's like, no. Fuck no, we don't We don't go in that bit of the tunnel. One of my friends went in that bit of the tunnel two years ago and no one's seen him since. And he pretty much lived down here. So there's no fucking way I'm going in there. And I cannot remember how they ended up being forced into that bit. Did, was there a collapse? A the
1: ceiling, yeah, there was a ceiling collapse, which basically they all sort of charged into that direction. But what was interesting about it was when they get through to the section where they are, where he's like, I'm not going in there. I've never been in there before. This Again, it's all down to the setup early on. When he first comes into the tunnel before they get through any further, he tags his name on the wall. And he's got like a signature spray paint tag that he does wherever he goes. Yeah, Pap, Pierre. Better be Pierre. (laughs) And he sort of spray paints Pap on the wall. And then when they get through to this section which they're forced into, he... the the rest of the group immediately realise his tag on the wall. it's like, well, how the fuck have you never been in here, but your tags on the wall? And he's like, look, I swear to God, I have never, ever seen this in my life. I've never been down here before. I did not do that. But it's identical to what he sprayed on the wall earlier on in the film. Yeah. And then we get this weird phone call ringing.
0: Oh, this is so good.
1: Yeah, and it's not, it's very subtle because it doesn't come into fruition to a bit later on, but we hear this really brief in the background, like a phone ringing. Um, so they explore a little bit further. They keep going and they walk into this doorway where there's this might've been a little bit earlier on. This might be out of context here. As again, we no longer have shown up. So. No. <laughs> but we walk up to this little corridor and there's people in like gowns and stuff. And they're all like singing and boobies out and doing like sort of satanic rituals. And Pierre just kind of looks at everybody's like, Oh yeah, you get all sorts of weird weirdos down here. And, and it's kind of a little inkling as to what's to kind of come, really, yeah. as to these kind of people are there doing this sort of spiritual ritual as uh, in this place. Um, I kind of lost my train of thought on where I was going with this. So I'm hoping you're going to step in any minute. Yeah,
0: I, I, I was thinking <laughs> about it and I was just like, I'm just going to let him go. <laughs> he's, he's got it down to a fine art now. <laughs> uh, no, so the phone ringing, I think, is pretty much where we are. So we hear the phone ringing faintly. And as they keep exploring, you keep hearing it and it keeps getting louder and louder. And then Lara Croft does what Lara Croft does and goes, I'm going to go and find that phone. And she doesn't take everyone else. She just fucking runs down the tunnels blindly. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck are you you doing? doing? Yeah. Why would you do that? Yeah. And everyone chases after her and she gets to the bit where all of a sudden there's a phone on a table appears like yeah they used to run phone lines down here but they stripped them all out so don't know what that is
1: and she picks the phone up and immediately when she answers it it's we don't know who the voice is on the phone at the time being but when she answers it it's and I didn't pick up on what was said did you
0: no it's, it's
1: a like crue- a kind of muffled kind of voice, but she instantly recognizes it. She knows who it is. Yeah. And obviously in context now, and since you've already given massive spoilers for this film, I have to assume that it's her dad, her dad. that she's yeah. hearing on the phone, um, which kind of ties into the next bit. She kind of, she's really shaken. She hangs up the phone and they kind of scoot on a little bit further. I think they have like another downfall in the tunnel and they end up in this other section And they're talking about how um, there was a massive collapse in Paris at some point, like many years ago. And all the workers that was working underneath at the time were crushed and it killed like 40 people. And then 50 men came in to do the repair works. And they also died as well and being in the doing the repair works. They walk around this corner and the guy from the supermarket show finds this piano and he's like, that's odd. That looks exactly like the piano that was in my house growing up. It's like it's really weird. Like we used to have the and then he dives into this story and he's like, Oh, me and my brother, we used to play this piano endlessly, we used to play this certain song. But we could never finish this song because the A key was always broken. He walks up to the piano really cautiously and he starts to play the song. And then he gets to the very end of the song and he plays the A key hey, and it's duck exactly the same way it would do when he was growing up. And he'd like he immediately like lifts his hands up and like sort of steps back in shock, and he's like, "What the fuck is going on? Yeah. This isn't right. This is weird. What? What? Why is this happening?" And all of a sudden, my brain is just going. I'm like, "This is amazing. Why is this happening? How is this all becoming possible?" This film's fucking great, man. It, it's
0: really great, and basically, she's revealing that they're trying to find a certain chamber. Hmm. And they get to a bit where there's there's basically no way to go anywhere. And you've got a big stone column in the middle. And she's like, Ah, oh, look for anything. Look for anything strange. And they're all looking around for symbols. They're like, oh, there's a symbol here. There's a symbol there. And she's like, Ah, oh, I've seen these before. You need to remove the correct rock. And if you get it right, it opens a secret door because they're, they're in a dead end. Yeah. And it's um, it's um, uh, the French guy. What's his name? Pierre. Pierre. <laughs> <We'll> get, <laughs> I'll get you on board with Pierre. Um, <laughs> Pierre goes, and what happens if you take out Zirongstan? And she goes, Dude, yeah. Dude, don't roof... do the
1: action. <laughs> fuck, you know, we're already in hot water
0: as it is. She goes, well, the roof <laughs> collapses and we all die. And there's this bit where they kind of, they fuck around and they try and work out what it is. And Pierre does not believe a fucking word she's saying at this point. He's like, you don't know what you're talking about. You've led me into a bit of the catacombs I've not been in before. It's a dead end. I'm not happy. She pulls out this stone and like another stone drops back and fucking rolls out of the way and reveals a chamber. And all of a sudden Pierre is like, you are the greatest catacomb person I've ever met in my life. (laughs) And I love that instant twist where he doesn't trust her his team don't trust her and then when she reveals this room they're all like you know more than we do you're awesome yeah yeah have we met have we met their friend yet
1: i can't remember where we are in this because it's all kind of blends together
0: yeah it all kind of blends together so that they've got his friend pops up in the tunnels i think we've already met him and he's just weird
1: Yeah, because he kind of walks around the corner and he's very sort of zombie-esque. I think he's the one who takes him to the dead end yeah. where Lara Croft figures out the wall break. So they meet him and he basically has been down there for what they kind of translate to us as an audience for at least a year or so, is what my context of the situation was. He's been down there for a year and they're all just gobsmacked. It's like, how have you survived down here? What 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 are you doing? What's going on? Where have you been? and and then he's like really distant and vague and he's like oh if you want to leave and you want to escape i'll I'll show you the light kind of thing so they follow him and that's when they get to the dead end where lara croft broke through the wall um and they get through this wall section and once they're through this is this where they this because where... the thing is, as well with this, it's very like Resident Evil Puzzle Master all the way through. They reach certain dead ends and certain points in these catacombs and it's like hieroglyphs. And it's like, oh, well, if that's on the ceiling, then that must mean that there's a door on the floor.
0: Yeah, no. So this is the bit where they get through. and This is where the treasure is. And this is where she finds the Philosopher's Stone in the painting.
1: I thought they had to swim through a little tunnel to get to that bit.
0: No, that's after they swim through the tunnel to get through to the next bit.
1: Oh, right. Okay. Oh, yeah. So they find the treasury room. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yes, you're right. So yeah, yeah, we have met the zombie guy at this point. So they get through to where they are in the treasury room, and they break in, and this is it. This is it. She goes in first. Oh, yeah, because when that doorway breaks through, it's like a tiny little hole, and everyone's like, I'm not fucking going in there. And she just dives in head first and goes straight through. No, they go through into the
0: room with the water, then she swims through first.
1: No, because I thought that room collapsed. See, this is why we have notes, guys.
0: yeah. No, the room where she swims through collapses, I'm sure. they go. She swims through. Yeah, she swims. So they get into this room. There's a little pool of water. She breaks the rocks out from underneath. She swims through. Then supermarket guy follows because she didn't come back. Then they all follow and he gets in the room and she stood there in awe because you've got the... Yes, um, yes you got you're the, right. You got a, basically, you've got a vault on the wall which has got a big steel gate which is behind it is millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of gold bullion and on the wall there's a painting that she starts to examine and she finds that where the sun is that's where the philosopher's stone is so she that's takes correct, the, yeah. she takes the philosopher's stone and while she's doing that you've got um pierre and his team pierre and his team gold a fucking... behind a metal
1: gate and they're like yeah. oh we'll ride the gate off to get the gold and then all of a sudden she realizes it's a trap Like no don't pull the gate off don't pull the gate off and at which point it's too late they pull the gate off and the ceiling
0: collapses yes and it crushes everyone there's a bit where they kind of all get out and there's one of them who's really badly injured it's the girl isn't it Pierre's yeah Pierre's girlfriend Um, and she gets the philosopher's stone like scrapes a bit off on her neck and puts the hand on her neck and then her neck is healed brilliant my mind just went shit
1: yeah Indiana Jones
0: man it's full on Indiana Jones it's like no wonder you wanted to get that stone because that stone is worth a fortune
1: one thing I did pick up on this scene and I wanted to know if you did as well is when they swim through the tunnel they all swim through and obviously they're all in awe of what they've discovered when they get there there's the jewel the obviously philosopher's stone which she's working out and stuff but everyone's just entranced by the treasure but they all get through into this room and the zombie guy
0: he's already in there not necessarily
1: already in there but he's in there by the time everybody else gets in there but he's completely dry yes his clothes are completely dry in comparison to everybody else but nobody notices because they're all so distracted by the gold the treasure that they found this hidden room i picked up on it and i was like that's interesting
0: it's creepy
1: because, by the way, we have no context to who this guy is or how long he's been down there or what his purpose is. At this point, we're still... There's, there's nothing creepy about anything about this film up until this point. They're all just basically
0: Lost archaeologists
1: a... yeah. Yeah, searching for treasures and all the rest of it. There's no element of horror or anything introduced yet.
0: No, and this is where it starts to take a turn. And they're basically, she realises the only way to get out is to go down. Which didn't make any sense to me at the time. No, that's not true. It wouldn't make any sense to most people. If you've read Dante's Inferno, it will make perfect sense because she's yes. realized where they are.
1: Yeah, because they do briefly mention the element of hell and you yeah. have to crawl on your belly to get to it and all this stuff. So sort that, of thing. that's
0: where they go next. So the only way out of this room is to crawl through an archway and across the top of the archway. It's basically is an inscription that says basically these are the gates of hell and in dante's inferno it talks about crawling on your belly to
1: enter the to, gates to, of hell
0: to enter the gates of hell and they have to crawl through their belly to get out of this room um this is where she she you see her have that realization
1: and she, it's her and the shopping mall guy and they look at each other and they both know what's going on but nobody else does
0: yeah And that's not the sort of information you want to be sharing either, because no one's going to believe a word you're saying.
1: No, no. So she takes a leap and she goes first and crawls through. And it's like they don't, although we kind of know as an audience what's going on, it's not. And they've read the inscription and they look at each other in that way. It's not until the point where she actually starts making her way through the tunnel. She gets halfway through and she kind of looks back at him and says, you have to crawl on your belly to make your way through the gates of hell. And she actually says it out loud. And this yeah. guy just looks at her as if say, fuck. Well, I no, knew he, I shouldn't have come in here.
0: Well, he, he, he replies to her. He's like, yeah, I thought the same thing. It's like, shit. <laughs> you two, you're in trouble. You're in big, big trouble. Um, and they get through and it, they have to go down another shaft. This shaft yes. they go down is awesome because they can't. Yeah, it's
1: like a well, isn't it?
0: Yeah. And they, like, they get down the well, and this is where we start seeing the weird shit. So oh, get... no,
1: before we get there, we have our first kill. We? we do have our first kill.
0: Because
1: yeah. St. Pierre's girlfriend gets smashed to bits by the zombie guy. Yes. So when they make it through into the treasury room, the zombie guy is kind of, after everything's collapsed, he's kind of stood there completely transit and she kind of walks up to him and is like are you okay are you okay and everyone's like no don't go near him do not fucking touch him and she's like trying to comfort him she puts her arm on him and he just goes savage grabs her by the head and just smashes the skull on the floor yeah. at which point that's when we find out that the philosopher's stone because pierre's like just do what you did before heal her, heal her make her better and he's like the philosopher's stone doesn't work like that once you're already dead in- you're already dead, I can't bring people back from the dead. I can only heal people who are already
0: injured, yeah
1: injured basically um so after she's after she's dead, that's when he's like, "Look, we need to keep moving. We've got to keep going on. That's when they discover the tomb and the entrance to hell. They go through and they find the well, and they all go down it one by one, and Barney, the cameraman, is the last man standing. And you kind of get this weird POV shot from Barney where he sets the camera down on the side as he's about to go down the tunnel and you see this
0: creepy image go past him. Walk behind him.
1: Yeah, and there's a fixation on the incarnations on one of the stones behind him and they repeatedly go back to it. It's like AD 17 something something, which kind of insinuates a time period of where they are, which was what my perception of it was. It's like they're in it now and they've gone not necessarily back in time, but this is kind of, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what my overall opinion and concept of, of where they are and what's going on is, but it kind of, they fixate on it a lot on this time period that's carved in stone behind Barney before he goes down the hole as if it's has some sort of relevance.
0: Yeah. And I think it does. I'll be honest. I don't know what the relevance is. Um, there's lots in this that if you are into biblical depictions of hell and especially Dante's inferno's depiction of hell this movie is so up your street i cannot tell you how much you will love this if you've read dante's inferno and you enjoyed it watch this movie because this is dante's inferno in a in a in a movie it's great yeah
1: basically
0: yeah um, when they get down there, we get um Pierre has his <laughs> end of day's moment, which is well fucking... we get Barney's
1: death first, don't we Barney sort of at the top of the well before he goes down he, he see we don't he doesn't see it, but we see the shadow reflect behind him, and just before he's about to go down he goes splat, yeah, he hears something, he's like oh what what is somebody there is somebody there what what's going on, and all of a sudden you get this jump scare to the camera, someone kind of runs and pushes him. And everybody sort of gathered around this sort of pit of this well at the bottom, and all of a sudden Barney just comes down and just splats. Yeah. And it's... and this is testament to the actress who plays Lara Croft as well, because she is just clearly distraught. And, again, you clearly have to – you know that there is some sort of emotional tension between her and the shopping mall guy, but you don't necessarily get that emotional investment from her, and this is the first time you kind of see her break that macho – Female lead mentality And she she just breaks Absolutely breaks At the death of Barney As he hits the floor
0: Yeah Yeah and again It looks good as well
1: Oh brutal Brutal Practical effects of this Are on point man It really really are
0: Yeah they really are um, Pierre's death I think is one of my favourites
1: Yeah because that's what We get next isn't it They go We have to push forward We have to keep moving They get through some corridors And some towers And then they find A burning car yeah. Which basically leads us to understand what happened with Pierre and his scars, is that one of his friends was trapped in a car, maybe through a car accident or some yeah. sort of situation and he's obviously tried to save his friend or he is responsible for his friend's death regardless of whether he tried to save him in the moment.
0: <clears throat> and then Pierre tries to repeat that process. The car's burned he sees his friend inside to call for help and he goes over at he he starts to go over and they all try holding him back. And like the car, almost like a magnetic pull, pulls him and he's dragging the others across. Yeah. Did you did you expect what happened when he touched the car? Because I didn't.
1: What happened when he touched the car?
0: He touched the car and the car just fucking imploded into the ground, flipped him upside down <clears> and <throat> sunk him head first into the ground up to his ankles.
1: Yeah, and because they were having hold of his feet. His feet were just like still stuck out of the ground. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I was like,
1: well, like cemented in the ground, like Han Solo, like they couldn't pull him out or anything. He was just there, just feet.
0: And honestly, when you watch it, it happens in the blink of an eye. He literally touches the car, and it kind of does almost like this spin and implode, and then like the does dust, and then the dust settles, and there's just these two feet just like wiggling in the ground. I was like, shit, he, he's done, he's dead. Yeah. So yeah, at this really, point, really cool. And, and I like point... the
1: way, like you say, he sort of sets those stuff up early on with his burn scars and things like that. And it all starts to come fruition in this final act, which is really, really clever.
0: Yeah. And who've we got left now? We've got Supermarket Guy. We've got Lara Croft. And we've um, got...
1: The guy with the P... curly hair.
0: Yeah, Pierre's friend.
1: Pierre's yeah, friend, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, they continue to trudge on and we get down another level um, this is where they take the free fall jump, isn't it?
1: No. We've missed out quite a bit here now because all of the like sort of sand people burst out from the wall. You get like the creepy Voldemort faces coming out of the brickwork, and one of them grabs um supermarket guy and bites him on his neck. And he's yeah. bleeding out, like profusely yeah, but, bleeding that, that, out. That's, all that's, over
0: that. that's where we are now.
1: No, because she goes on a massive mission to go yeah, in a minute. back on herself.
0: Yeah, in a minute. Well, the is
1: jump's it? at the end, is it not?
0: no they climb out at the end no
1: they jump first. oh yeah they, they jump the yeah lead. they
0: yeah they do apologies she yeah, has so... to go
1: on the massive mission first yeah reason. yeah Again, so... guys you said no no <laughs>
0: you did but hey it's a free-flowing conversation <laughs> people enjoy it people like us i think um so yeah they're going through the tunnel and this is where like you get the hands coming out of the wall and one yeah. of them takes a massive bite out of his neck they drag him off to one side and this is where we get the first shot of the devil did you realise the guy in the robe is meant to be the devil? No, I didn't. So that is that is the devil himself. so oh, the, cool. The devil is sat there and he's aware of what's going on, but doesn't act, which is kind of another thing from Dante's Inferno. The devil's always there, but he doesn't do fuck all, really. He just Every, watches. Yeah. Um, he's really injured. So supermarket guys had it. And this is where it all dawns on her that she needs to put the Philosopher's Stone back where she got it.
1: Yeah because it's the whole concept of the film which is as so below, above below so they have we see these inscriptions on the wall throughout this entire film where it's like flip reverse basically and then once they get through into hell they realise that everything's the same but the opposite way so every journey that they're taking instead of going up where they came from they're going down and going further and further and further into the pits she tries to use a philosopher's stone to heal supermarket guy and it's not working and she cannot understand why. And then all of a sudden her brain starts ticking is that like, everything's in reverse. And in order to fix what she's done, she has to return the philosopher's stone back to where it came from. Yeah. And we get this amazing, absolutely amazing POV shot of her re re journeying back to where she came from. She basically trudges back through the entire path, but when doing so. She is just knocking these guys out, which came out of the sand pit. She's just boshing them out of the way. It's like walking. And we get this shot where they come through like this river of blood, and all the hands like take her under at one point. The second time she runs back through it, she's just kicking them out of the way, running back to where she started from, swims through the tunnel, puts the philosopher's stone back in place. And at which point, then she realizes that the decipher is basically saying that at this point, it's not a case of what you've it's a case of what you believe in yourself and yeah. that she herself in this situation on the reserve the basically on the reverse flip plane of things is her mindset is the philosopher's stone not the philosopher's stone itself so yeah. she puts the philosopher's stone back in its place she runs back and she puts her hands on supermarket guy's neck and she heals him herself basically with her willingness if you will yeah, in order to fix things, and he comes back to life, and then there's just the three of them there in this situation.
0: And this is where they take the leap. So there's one more yes. tunnel, and she's like, "We need to jump." And then the, the, the guy looks down, like the supermarket guy looks down. Bear in mind, he she's just saved him with her bare hands, healed him. He looks down. He's like, "Do you know what? No, fuck you. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not in for that." And the other guy is with like, uh Pierre's friend. He's like yeah yeah we'll die so, no 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 trust me and they all yeah. kind of hold hands and they do this big leap and they're fine
1: yeah because in order what they do is they basically say is like in order to escape from where they are they have to really relinquish their sins so they all have to basically confess it's basically yeah. like a confessional so each one of them then go around one after the other and explain something that they've done in their life that's basically cause them to end up in the situation they are so if you've done something in your life that makes you end up in hell you have to basically earn your mistakes in order to free yourself from the situation so the guy whose younger brother died while drowning he basically confesses the fact that they'd gone caving they'd done this thing together and he died in the time that he'd gone to save him so basically he left him And while he left him, he died in the time that he was going to save him instead of actually trying to save him himself. And the other guy confessed to something. I can't remember what the other guy confessed to doing. But basically, anyway, they all confessed to their sins in this situation. It's like, look, cleanse your sins and take a leap of faith, which is Uh, what the overall outcome is in the situation.
0: Yeah, and they leap through and they get to a bit where there's, this is where they see the door on the ceiling, and the door on the floor. Yeah and they they try prying this rock up and they can't get it up and then like as they're doing that the supermarket guy like rests his arm on it and as he rests his arm on it it kind of pops down into the floor and they're like shit so all to- yeah all together they push down and slide it over and you get the coolest shot ever as they kind of like go head first into this hole in the ground and then the camera flips up the other way and they're climbing out of a manhole of the streets yep. of paris that is such a cool shot and so effective i absolutely love that
1: that oh it's very very clever the way they the way they translate the 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 element of gravity if you will at this end moment
0: yeah uh, and when they get out they all have a big hug they're all happy the end the end and it's, it's a great movie. We're going to talk, to talk about it in a minute, but on the count of three, should we do 10-word takedowns?
1: I can't imagine there is a lot for this.
0: There's not a lot for this. Ready? One, yeah. two, three. 10-word ten ten word takedown. Word takedown. What the fuck, man? <laughs> um, do we go on three, or is it one, two, three, go? One, two, three, go. I did one, two,
1: three, go, and you came in like, two seconds after.
0: Maybe I'm just slower than you. Um, ten-word takedowns is hard when it's a good movie. It's really hard. It's even harder when you have Angel, voices from the mausoleum, in the comments, defending every single person who gave a ten-word takedown, got a ten-word bollocking off of Angel.
1: This is what I would have done, Rob Zombie, last week if I hadn't removed my tag. <laughs> I,
0: I, honestly, it cracked me up. So someone's like it breaks all the found footage rules and angel straight in there exactly what rules does it break explain it to me <laughs> oh
1: i love angel so much it,
0: it cracked But we had a couple uh so we had anastasia uh from um killer objects podcast um i've seen scarier things in my own basement which concerns me a lot about what's in your basement me too <laughs> <laughs> um eric 82 not not to give up on a challenge. He had two goes. He put Jim, meaning the guy from supermarket. Jim had a more exciting climax with Nadia twice. I'm not going to come on. (laughs) No. Uh, He also went with Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone knockoff.
1: Uh, This guy is becoming my arch nemesis. You know that, don't you? (laughs) Like I've always wanted an arch nemesis. Like I feel like it's something that I deserve as a person, but, Fucking hell, Eric! Man,
0: you're making it really hard for me. <laughs> well, I, I like the fact that Eric, when no one else, when no one else has got any criticism, Eric's like, "I got you." He just does it to guard me. I know he does it to guard me. I, I th- he was really good on Rob Zombie. He left Rob Zombie alone.
1: Yeah, he he knows his place. That's why. But he next... knows I'd have come hard for him.
0: Well, next week we've got new nightmare. So let's see how hard Eric comes for that. Anyway, <laughs> before we do that. Recommended
1: account of the week. Shit. Have I not already done this?
0: <laughs> the, no. Just so people know, we, record, we recorded this and last week's episode back to back. So Mark kind of put his phone away thinking he was done for the night.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely did. Um, so this week's we- this yeah. week recommended a while.
0: Software in oh, soccer
1: channel, listen, <laughs> <laughs> This week's recommended account of the week is Tyler Turnbull. Tyler Turnbull is an artist and he is a very, very talented artist indeed. So what this guy does is he takes classic paintings that you might pick up in charity shops or well, not basically you would pick up in charity shops. But like I'm talking like proper art, not just like reprints or something like that You proper art he takes those and upon requests from clients he will then add i don't know let's say modern day characters to them he basically reworks classic artwork and puts a modern day spin on them so if you i can't really think i'm not that familiar with art to use a
0: fine example go go so let's say, mona lisa
1: no, because the Mona Lisa's too busy. All right, okay, so what's the what's the famous artwork of the Final Supper with, like...
0: Yeah, I know which one you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, the Final Supper with, like, the... Fi- so he'll take something like that, and if somebody's like, oh, take the Final Supper, and then add, like, the cast of Family Guy to it.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah, so he will take that picture, and then, I mean... By the way, he clearly does not have access to the actual artwork of The Final Supper, but (laughs) actual artwork that you would find in a charity shop or things like that. Somebody, like, find something of a really nice, beautiful landscape setting. and be like, oh, put the Simpsons characters in it. And there might be a tree with a rope swing, and then he'll, like, just draw in, like, Hobbit Simpson swinging off it. And then, like, I'm underselling it, by the way, because he does such a phenomenal job with his artwork when he does it. He makes it look so in keeping with the picture but also so modernized. Like he did one with the uh, what's the dragon called from the never ending story?
0: Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I can't remember yeah, so the he, name of it.
1: No, I can't think of the name either. But it like he took like a really cool landscape picture. And it was like, Oh, can you make this like the never ending story? So he like added in like the never ending story dragon into it and stuff like that, and characters from the film. One of the best ones that i have seen he'd done was there's a landscape painting of the San Francisco Bridge, and um someone's like, Oh I've recently just purchased this from a charity shop, but uh, can you put like the X Men characters in it? So he like took the characters from the 90s TV cartoon series, X Men, and put like Wolverine in it. And I don't know, I'm not well versed with X Men characters enough <laughs> to be able to list them off. But he added all of those into this sort of painting. Man, it's phenomenal. It, it sounds
0: awesome.
1: Honestly, it's so, so cool and massively underselling this guy. But check him out. His name is Tyler Turnbull. And you can literally just type in Tyler Turnbull on Instagram. You will find this guy's account. It's amazing. And if you actually want some of this artwork in yourself, he has his own Etsy shop and all the rest of it. Or you can find him at downcycled.com. Really talented artist. Really, really cool stuff. Really, really cool reels. He shows you his processes. He's painting them onto each individual artwork. It's really, really clever stuff.
0: Yeah. So go give them a follow. As always, the You Run podcast sent you.
1: Exactly that. And also, by the way, I've noticed more and more each week that I'm like picking big accounts, but that just seems to be what's popping up on my, I don't know, my feed and stuff like that. Oh, that's a really cool account. I'm going to save that for recommended account of the week. Guys we are the U run podcast we are here to support you just as much as you support us so if you have an account and you have a low following and you really want to get yourself out there if we can help you in any kind of way let me know if you've got cool stuff on your page you've got cool stuff on your instagram your slasher account your tiktok account your twitter account i know i mainly focus on instagram but that's only because that's the kind of shit i find because that's Really, what I kind of scroll when I'm doing social media. But if you've got cool shit out there that you feel our fan base would benefit from, message me. Let me know and say, hey, Mark, I've got this account. It's really, really cool. Or at least I think it's really, really cool. I think your fans would really enjoy it. I will shout you out each week. Just let me know and I will put you out there.
0: There you go. Really, really easy.
1: It's time for
0: facts. Well, that was a bit short and sweet, Dave. <laughs> it's time for facts. <laughs> He needs to extend that a little bit. <laughs> no warning there, was there? It's time for facts. I'm like that, about to take a sip of my beer. Fuck, it's <laughs> over. <laughs> um, this was the first ever production to secure permission from the French government to actually film in the Paris catacombs. This was filmed on location. It was.
1: And that was one of my tidbits that I had. that I didn't want to spoil for you in fact, I, like, I do not say that because I know he's going to say that for facts. But
0: how um, amazing is that? incredible and none nothing you see when they're in the catacombs is a set that is the actual catacombs which is
1: terrifying they they literally basically said to them you can go into the catacombs but whatever they basically they just had to say right you whatever's in there that is what you have to use so everything they found down there is what they utilized to build the story around. So like yeah. probably the piano they didn't take a piano into the catacombs that piano was actually down there and they built the story around it. Do you know like yeah. it's so so the- if you know that information before you go into this film it makes it so much more enjoyable to
0: watch. The only bit in there that is a set of any description is the bit that they swim through with the treasure and the painting. That Which is a, that sense. is a set So that's a set that's not in the catacombs, but all of the tunnel scenes, all of the bits where they're like these big, vast open areas where they're just fucking ambling through and the well and all that shit that is in the catacombs. That is terrifying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, I'm assuming they didn't just get access to the touristy side of things. They no, heard.
0: they were given a. Yeah, they were given a section of the catacombs that they were allowed to film in. They were escorted down there. They were locked in behind the gates, and it was a "We'll be back to get you in nine hours when you say your shoot's over." Have fun. Bye. Locked in. See ya. It's sort of
1: dangerous, isn't it? Especially when you think at how vast these places are.
0: Yeah, One wrong
1: time and these guys are fucked.
0: Yeah, you don't want to go too far. Um, the guy from Supermarket, he suffers with claustrophobia. This is not the film for him. <laughs> in, in real life, uh, he had to take breaks, regular breaks, where he had to be escorted out of the catacombs to calm himself down before he'd go back in and film. So when you see scenes where he looks genuinely filled with terror it's because he is genuinely filled with terror that he does not want to be in a tunnel system.
1: That's cool. And not for him, obviously.
0: (laughs) Bravo for him for doing it. Uh, The title of the film comes from Masonic Teachings, um, which basically is, uh, they believe that part of the Lord's Prayer, uh, basically on earth as it is in heaven, is basically as in heaven as it is on earth. So it's like, as in heaven he sees fit on earth, as above, so below. That's that's where the title of the movie come from. Um, The nightclub scene. So you know where they go to the nightclub where they meet um, Pierre, um, whose name's actually Papillion. Um, That is a real nightclub um, in Paris. Um, And I've been there. Oh, that's cool. Mm. I've never been
1: to Paris. I really need to go.
0: Paris is awesome. Paris was better when I was younger. I don't think I'd like Paris as much now. I enjoyed Paris. Paris as a twenty-two-year-old man who went for a wander. <laughs> so you know the hole they jump down, where all three of them do the leap of leap of faith. Um, that's a direct reference to Dante's Inferno. So in Dante's Inferno, Dante has to climb down Satan's belly to his belly button, which is said to be the center of the earth. Here, gravity is reversed, so down becomes up, and up becomes down. So when he jumps through the belly button it reverses and it flips him up into the real world and they do this to reverse them up back onto the streets of paris Uh, the whole journey is the journey through dante's inferno and i'm going to try and explain this the best way i can with the levels of hell so the first floor is the vestibule it's the group encounters um The group encounters a gathering set of two dividing cultist female souls. So this is where they meet the dancing women. um, And this is where they enter the nine circles of hell. The first one is limbo, which is long tunnels containing inscriptions, poetry, philosophy, um, figures and basically directionless of soul. So there's no direction here. It's just winding tunnels. Um, The second is lust. Um, so this is the tunnels, the loud vortex of hissing souls, Minos and the Italian inscriptions. So this, this is the part of the part of hell, which is lust. You've got glut, gluttony, which is the third level of hell, which is a widened third floor containing the growl of an unseen force, which is where you first start hearing the monsters. Uh, fourth is greed. This is enclosed containing, so this is where they find the treasure vault this is the level of greed um six is heresy so this is the walls are flame lit and closed with three rings so this is where he burns where he touches the the car and catches fire um the next level of hell is is seventh level of hell this is violence so this is where you get Basically, the the kill, the kills happen on this floor. It's a very violent floor. This is where he gets attacked and he gets bitten. Um, The eighth level of uh, hell is the amphitheater. Um, So this is basically where they're disbelieving of each other and they're they're not getting along. It's this final bickering before she goes off and does her back up through the levels.
1: and redemption arc.
0: Yeah. And the ninth level of hell is where you see Satan himself. So basically, this is where you've got, when she comes back down, this is the ninth level where you've got Satan is sat on his throne and he's aware of what's going on, but he doesn't interfere. He's just a watcher. Um, And this is where they then take the leap of faith to bring them out of the ninth level of hell and back to earth. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I'm not sure if I explained that very well. No, no, people, no, you did, no, you did very well. If people want a more detailed description of that, Google it, The Nine Levels of Hell, Dante's Inferno, and it will give a a really detailed description of what each floor is and what it means, and you can put that <laughs> right up against the movie, and it makes perfect sense. We have another game. Oh shit, I forgot about games. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, This week is called Translate This. Um, So as we're mildly offensive to our French (laughs) counterparts throughout, (laughs) um, I've come up with eight horror movies. And I'm going to give you the French title of the horror movie. And all you need to do is translate that into English. So how's your French? I can say bonjour. Okay, you're not and going to do that.
1: Vous avec
0: well done. I can say sans fumes if we play, which is twenty cigarettes and un beer if si we play. So I'm not being funny. You between you and me, we can get cigarettes, beer, and get laid. Oh, we're doing all right then. What That's we All what do. you need for a trip to Paris, <laughs> I think so. Uh, so the first one, uh idus,
1: you know this is a lot harder
0: than I expected it to be. Um say that again. Come sidesus, come si
1: As above, so below.
0: It is as above so below. Well done.
1: Uh, <laughs> but I only knew that because it sounds so similar
0: against each other. Uh number two. Enfer. Enfer. Total guess. Halloween. It's not, it's Hellraiser. Oh. Uh Lutin
1: Lutin
0: Lutin oh, I'm going to so badly at this game. Um Leprechaun. It is leprechaun. Fuck <laughs> nailed it. Uh number four, Cryer. Cryer. Crier. Crier. Scream. It is Scream. Doesn't have the same ring to it, does it? <laughs> No. Uh Creature de Lagoon noir
1: Creature of the Black Lagoon.
0: It is, you doing really well. Infatales. infatales Infatales. Infatales. In in... What does
1: infatales mean? No. Oh, that one's really hard.
0: You'll kick yourself when i tell you what it is.
1: infatales
0: Infitalis what the fuck is
1: Infitalis in French Infertile. In I feel like yeah you say that I kick myself I feel like I should know
0: I don't know I don't know that one it's child's play <laughs> uh, number seven Mammy Mama no it's a movie that's getting a lot of attention from you and various others that at some point will end up on this show it's Granny
1: Oh yes, granny. Granny is a fucking film, by the way. We uh, need to we need to do that.
0: It is in the rotation for twenty twenty four, I have put it in already. Good. Um another movie that's been moved from this year to make space for the exorcist. Um so this one is your last one. Arachnophobia.
1: <laughs> Arachnophobia.
0: It is, and that has also been bumped to next year to make room for the Exorcist
1: oh i'm happy with that
0: you, you you done all right there you got yeah you got four 50
1: percent hard that was hard that i'm a bit annoyed about the Charles play one i feel like i should have got
0: that you, you really should have got that i i'm genuinely out of all the ones when i put that together out of all the ones i was like i was gonna get that
1: yeah that was hard though I, I don't know why i was like thinking of infidelity i don't know why well obviously i do know why because it's infidelity um uh-huh. Yeah, I would never have put that with Charles Player.
0: Yeah, never mind. I, I that was good effort. I apologise to any French listeners for any of my pronunciations, and if I've offended you in any way, shape, or form on this episode,
1: I was going to say you're apologising for your pronunciation, but you've just gone Pierre and Wee oui, Wee oui, all the way through this episode.
0: Wee Wee. Three-word review. Very nice. <laughs> So Dave's <laughs> joining in on the racism in this episode. <laughs> Let's all get in on it. Uh, 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 three road reviews, Instagram, uh Unwes333, who's a private account, so I have no idea what they do. Um, it's mm-hmm. So Demonic. Uh you've got J Savage913, another private account. Don't know what they do either. Uh, truly scary movie. Uh, Stormrider 81, another private account. Uh, ominous dark and splendid Uh, chainsaw chicken barbecue great account love chainsaw chicken barbecue brilliant mask account just all around great account Uh, the modern gold standard Uh,
1: 100% agree
0: yeah Yeah. voices from the mausoleum uh, my co-host over on uh, voices with the U run podcast and voices from the mausoleum in our own right Uh, top found footage uh, over on thread Threads, uh, Bella Rosa Hollow 3, and they are a Satanist, uh, pretty solid movie. And on Twitter, we have Radar Steel, who's a writer, French Catacomb Shenanigans. Nice, hmm. uh, I still don't understand what Threads is. Threads is Twitter, but made by Instagram.
1: Oh, is it a Zuckerbag thing? Is it a Facebook?
0: Yeah, it's basically Mark Zuckerberg went, that Twitter looks pretty good, so I'm going to rename it Threads, do exactly the same, and release an app. It's that.
1: Uh, Oh, I don't have that. Should I get that? No, I can't deal with doing something else. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Thank you to everyone who's given three-word reviews. Uh, If you weren't picked this week, don't be disheartened. Try again next week or the week after. Eventually, I will get to everyone. Eventually. Um, This is as good of a true horror found footage as you can get it's as good a found footage movie as they can make it's creative it's scary if you've not seen it it's a must see i love that it plays with danto's inferno i love that it plays with the religious law that surrounds that for two reasons one because it's really interesting two because it pisses off lots of religious nutcases and i i take pleasure in that Um, I've watched this movie hundreds of times since it's been released, literally hundreds. And I find something new or different every time I watch it, especially when they get into the levels of hell. When you start seeing the demons moving around, you start seeing Satan, start looking at the edges of the screen, start looking at the background. So when Satan sat in his chair, there's 50 or 60 things going on behind him that are just out of focus. There's lots of stuff going on. I, I love it. This movie is a straight 10 out of 10. There's nothing else I can score it.
1: Very solid score. Very well-deserved as well, might I have. Um, <clears throat> for me, this was a first time watch. I'd never seen this done before. And I've seen it recommended so many times by so many people. And as I've mentioned to you in the past, Scott, I've said, just don't really seem like my kind of bag. How Wrong I Was. This film is phenomenal. Probably one of the greatest found footage films I've actually seen. It takes the concept of found footage, it flips it on its head, and it introduces you into a world where you feel so secure and so invested in the story for such a long period of time. Regardless of the horror element, that doesn't get introduced until like the last third of the film. You're just invested in this journey that these characters are going on. And the actors who portray these characters do a phenomenal job of convincing you as an audience of how real this actual story is. Um, It's so engrossing. It's so well developed. And when you finally do reach the point of horror, it does not disappoint. It is a phenomenal found footage film and probably one of the greatest ones that I have seen in recent years. I messaged you immediately after watching this. and I was like, mate, this is amazing.
0: Yeah, you were like... why have I not seen it? I was like, well, yeah. "Your words were doesn't appeal to me. I just don't. I don't think it'll be that good." <laughs> yeah,
1: and how fucking wrong I was! Talk about eating your words. This is one of the best found footage films I think I have ever seen. I, for somebody who is so sort of easily swayed by such a. I don't know. I'm not necessarily a religious person in any form. I don't believe in the afterlife. I don't believe in God, but I love the concept of hell. I love the Hellraiser franchise, and I'm so deeply engrossed every time I watch Event Horizon, because it deals with the concept of of hell. And it's not to say that I'm a religious person or believe in the afterlife, but the fact that it dives into this concept of something otherworldly, but In a digestible format makes this film so engrossing to me personally. When I watched it, I just, I was, I was sold by every single element of it. And it kind of made me go on my own little journey after this. And I did a little bit of research and I kind of interpreted this film in a completely different way to probably the way that you did, Scott. And my, my takeaway from it was that, that once you hit that point of, When they belly through the gates of hell, quotation marks, as it is displayed in the film, that was my point of them accepting death, which led me to then go to Google. And I was like, how active is the brain after death? Because to me, everything from this point on felt like I've done drugs in the past that's a disclaimer i've I've done drugs (laughs) in the past and and for me i've experienced wild trips like the ending of this film and it, it kind of led me to think right so if you die i don't believe in an afterlife i don't believe in death i don't believe you go to heaven or you go to hell or there is anywhere where your soul goes but when you do die does your brain live on the same way that it does when you go to bed and you dream on a night. And I Googled it and it turns out, yes, your brain does live on. It's been medically proven that studies have suggested that brain activity in many animals and humans can continue for as mere as seconds or hours. So I was like, right, for this trip, which is why I was digesting it, I was like, this is like, if I died, and you're kind of laid in a in a coma or a bed or some sort of state where you're in where your body is no longer lifeless, but your brain is active. This is what I imagined it would be. Yeah. Your soul, not that there's something as a soul, but your 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 electro brain, whatever scientific word is for, for the chemistry that goes on your brain after life, this would be how your mind kind of dealt with the situation that your body was in. <clears throat> yeah. So for me for that moment that was my takeaway from it I was like oh shit actually it's the perfect description of limbo if you want to use a word to describe this situation this, this for me I was like oh shit these guys are in limbo.
0: Yeah well that's what the the guy the friend was because he wouldn't crawl through to hell so that bit where he's just aimlessly wandering he is in limbo.
1: In Limbo, yeah. And it's like her brain then just kind of deals with this situation. And for me, like if I imagine myself being in a coma, not knowing whether I was alive or dead, I can imagine my thought process dealing with the situation that I was in similar to how this film plays out. And that was my takeaway from it. And I kind of feel like that enhanced my appreciation for what happened in this film. And Anybody else, you might watch this and think you're a fucking absolute lunatic, but that was my takeaway from it, and I and I loved the way that it made me go to those kind of places in my mind. And for me, I think this is a straight up five out of five, absolutely perfect found footage movie. I thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed my experience with this film, and I am so ashamed to admit that this was my first watch for me because this. Is amazing. It's one yeah. of the best I've seen. And it's more based on the concept. And although the execution was perfect in itself, the concept of it alone deserves so much praise for the way they handled it and the way that they produced it and the way that they took this idea and delivered it in a digestible situation is just phenomenal for me. I yeah. think I think this is an absolute masterclass in found footage horror. And don't get me wrong, the actual found footage element of itself is questionable at times if you were to seriously nitpick it. But I think because the concept alone is so strong, it kind of makes you forget all of those sort of little nitpicks along the way. I just think this film is fantastic. I'm yeah. I'm so embarrassed that this is a first watch for me.
0: Yeah, it, it truly is great. And before we go into what our next challenge is, I'm going to give you something now that's going to absolutely blow your mind and probably keep you up late tonight, later than we already are. So they reckon when you when you die, the most common thing that people say is you relive your life. Your life flashes before your eyes. There's nothing to say that flashes before your eyes quickly. So who's to say you've not already died and what you're doing now is you're laid on a road somewhere and what you're doing now is the your life flashing before your eyes just at the pace you lived it
1: that's fucking scary and weird (laughs) (laughs) but again though that's what i mean like it takes you to those kind of places depending on what your depiction is of this film if you actually deep dive into the thought process behind it for me the way i took it is just like these guys died at the point of entering that tunnel and like their brain is just dealing with it and coping with it and coping with the idea of death and how they sort of proceed through this journey. And it's like to say like the the exit from that tunnel at the end is them sort of accepting their fate. If you, I don't know, man, I'm going on a wild, wild tangent with this, but watch this film, take it in, I would love to know everybody's thought process behind it. If you just separate it from the fact that it is just a fan footage movie. You don't know. know,
0: Yeah. You don't know what the challenge is, but what you've just said just ties so perfectly (laughs) into the challenge. It's untrue. No,
1: we're not scripted anymore.
0: (laughs) We're not. Uh, So we're recording back to back with last week's episode. So I have no idea what awkward positions you put me in. I am quietly confident that I spent a good portion of last week commenting on things that i should never ever have seen online but that's fine um this week's challenge i want to also be fun and i want it to be something different again so what i want you to do is i want you to create a post it could be on any social media you want any post you like but it's got to be about as above so below It could be your review. It could be some photos of the movie. It can be literally anything you want, as long as it's linked to this movie and as long as you tag us. We will, of course, share anything that you create. We'll comment on anything you create. So you're going to create a post about as above, so below. You're going to tag us. We're going to share it. You get a post that gets loads of likes. We share it. You'll get even more likes. And you tag us so our name gets out there as well. So it's win-win. You also get a chance to win some merchandise. So it's win-win-win. So there is no reason why you shouldn't do this week's challenge. If you cannot wait the seven weeks that are remaining to win some free merchandise, go and buy some at urunpodcast.com. There is still a little wait. It's three to four weeks at the moment because they're snowed under with orders apparently. I had an email conversation the other day about someone who's ordered some t-shirts going, where the fuck are their t-shirts? They're like two weeks away. Okay, great. So yeah, there is a delay. Anyway, that wraps another edition of this wonderful show. Um, A very disjointed episode this week, because that movie's hard as fuck with no notes. Um, (laughs) Next week is a little bit more of a linear movie as we dive into Wes Craven's new nightmare from 1994. But until then, I'm very excited for that. I've got lots to yeah. say about that. Um, on my on my last watch was my favourite Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Ooh, what above the original? Above the original, nice. So when I went on with uh, Let's Talk Horror Channel with BP, uh, we done it was last October. We done all of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. We done two episodes. We done half in one, half in the other. And on that rewatch of the entire franchise, New Nightmare sat top. Excellent. Yeah. And you know
1: how much I love that film as well.
0: I do. Uh, until then, I think the only way to stop him is to make another movie. See you later.
1: Cheers, guys. See you next week.
0: And oh, before I forget, I'll kill you if this is a joke. You want to die tonight? The You Run Podcast. The You Run Podcast. The You Run Podcast. The You Run Podcast. Why isn't it possible? I can't say nothing. A candy manna get me.
1: You choose the movies. I had a heart on this morning when I woke up, Tina. Had your name written all over it. You score them.
0: Nice fucking model!
1: You review them.
0: But that you get the head, the tail, the whole damn thing. Why not yourself? Stupid bastard. My name is very fucking confused. What's your name? Captain
1: Naughty. don't want to go fooling around other folks property. my goddamn soul. Where's beer? Because after all, this is not our show, this is your show.